Greetings sports fans and Catholic radio listeners. My name is Steve Ferguson. I'm joined by my co-host, Brad Moore. We are bringing you two guys in the conversation. We're also joined tonight by our producer, Brian Atchison, and we are in the production studio at Sterling Computers in North Sioux City. Our show is sports-themed, and we are excited about the opportunity. We'd like to thank 88.1 Catholic Radio, and we hope you enjoy our show. Brad, what do you think of this adventure? This is going to be a, a lot of fun. It's going to be a great adventure, as you said. We're going to get a chance to talk about local high school, college sports, as well as a little Big Ten sports. I think we'll talk about the big three in Nebraska, Iowa, and Iowa State. We might sprinkle in a little Notre Dame uh, on occasion, but uh, primarily we're going to talk about local fall sports, um, right now volleyball and football, and then we'll transition into basketball if we have any listeners left during basketball season. Yeah, this is going to be a fun show. Uh, Brad and I uh, have dreamed about doing something like this together for a long time, but then all of a sudden uh, the, the idea morphed into reality and we decided, what are we doing? We're kind of busy our lives, but what it really gives us an opportunity is to get together um, and talk sports and, and our lives are busy and it forces us to do this, which will be a lot of fun. The show is going to be broken up into three segments. We're going to do the local sports overview, as Brad talked about. He also talked about us doing a college sports roundup, and we'll be focusing on the big three, as we call it, Iowa State, Iowa, Nebraska, uh, along with Briarcliff and Morningside. And then we're going to have a middle section uh, that right now we're just call it potpourri, but we'll have a better name for that. But that's going to encompass a lot of opportunities for interviews, uh, interesting topics to talk about, uh, you know, highlights from the past and present. And I think it's going to be a great show. Um, so, Brad, let's get uh, let's get talking about Siouxland sports. It's that time of year and football. And, and I think we uh, we need to start with the Heelan Crusaders. And you've had a student athlete play for Heelan. You know what it's like to be a parent on Friday nights there. And and uh, Coach Roger Jansen has said uh, this team uh, has got a lot more speed. What do you think the influence of having a track at Heelan has been and for the track program there? Well, as you know, uh, you cannot uh, replace speed in any sport, especially in football. And, uh, you know, Helon wants their athletes to be multi-sport athletes, and track is a big part of that. And if you talk about Roger Jansen and the way that he plays and the way that uh, his offense clicks, it's all about speed. And historically, when Helon's had great teams, they've had a lot of speed at uh, all the skill positions and What's always impressed me is the amount of speed that they get at the linebacker positions. You know, they put people out there that can flat out run and can cover. And in today's football, uh, it's very important with the spread offenses. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting year as uh, Rogers back in his second year of, of returning back to Heelan. And they've got a little bit of a quarterback derby going on with the incumbent Hogue versus a up and coming sophomore, Luke Longville, who's been looking really good. And that gives coach Pat Grace uh, a little more, uh, uh, I think things to think about is he's back and, and we sure think that Pat will probably bring back that one back offense, a lot of uh, creativity. Um, and I think that's going to be a big asset to the Helen Crusaders with him uh, back running the offense. Here's a name for us uh, that I uh, was uh, told today by our Helen inside person, Bob Geary, Spencer pick six foot four receiver and has been apparently clocked at four five forty. Brad. That's real speed, especially at the high school level. Uh, you know that uh, Grace will want to get all his athletes on the field, so it'll be interesting to watch that quarterback competition. 
Um, one of those quarterbacks may move into a position where uh, potentially they can get the ball. Uh, I know that uh, that both of them are extremely good athletes, so it'll be uh, very interesting to watch this year. And uh, they talk that the O-line is solid, uh, and that's always where it starts up front. Uh, Helan's always been traditionally song, uh, strong with her offensive line, and one name that was brought up as a, a versatile player, Cade Block. And, uh, of course, we know Cade's uh, mom and dad real well, but it sounds like he's a kid that can move around on the offensive line as well as has the ability on defense. So he's a two-way type player. And, and uh, so that's, uh, that's going to serve them well if that offensive line uh, uh, is solid. The other thing that, uh, Brad, I want to talk about is in, in one-back versus two-back offense, where do you see the, the advantages of, of the one-back versus two-back? Well, if you go to a one-back, uh, you can get more receivers and more speed on the perimeter. And usually when you go to a one-back offense, uh, you're playing uh, from sideline to sideline and you're spreading people out. And in high school, that can really create matchup problems. You know, if you have an inside receiver that's now uh, being covered by a linebacker, uh, that can create a mismatch. And uh, the, the downside to that is you've got to have a great offensive line. If you're going to throw the ball around and you've got one back, then you've got one blocker. Mm -hmm. and, and so protection is key. Linemen are key. A quarterback that, uh, you know, sometimes they call them fast blinkers that can make uh, quick decisions is key. But if you've got a quarterback that can get the ball out of his hands uh, and you've got some good protection, you can put athletes on the perimeter. A one-back offense is uh, certainly hard to cover, especially at the high school level. So, so if you if you see Helen coming out in a one-back offense, would you assume then that uh, Grace is very comfortable with that quarterback and his decision making? And uh, or would you think of a two-back offense that they're going to be a little more conservative? Well, I think when you go two-back, uh, it's potentially more of a running formation. It's more of a max protection uh, formation. So I, I think that if you come out in a one-back offense, that means that you're confident in your line, your quarterback, uh, and, and that you believe that you've got some uh, speed and some skilled players, and you're trying to create a little bit of a mismatch. Yeah, it's going to be fun to see what they come out with uh, Friday night against East High. Uh, running back, it sounds like right now it's going to be a little bit of running back by committee. There's some names that are emerging, and uh, we'll chat a little bit more about that. And I know that in the, the pregame show coming up after our show Friday night, uh, right before the kickoff, uh, and there'll be some in-depth uh, discussion on that uh, and then who's emerging there for the Helan Crusaders. Defensively, um, he, as you said, Brad, Helan has always played an attack type of defense. Um, they are very solid, according to Coach Jansen, on defense this year. And there's a kid by the name of uh, Kobe Claiborne that uh, is getting some uh, attention from the uh, D1 programs. And um, apparently he's the, the real deal and going to be someone to, to watch this year for the Crusaders. And so we'll be uh, keeping an eye on that name as well. Uh, we'll have more on the Healing Crusaders uh, football team as the season uh, goes on with us on, on a week-to-week -week basis. A couple of things we want to discuss as we finalize this, uh, this segment is Sergeant Bluff is kind of the team to beat according to the uh, uh, the. Uh, Procrastinators, if you will, uh, around the area. And Spencer, maybe the dark horse. I think Helan's going to step back into that uh, 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 that uh, fight. Uh, Daniel Wright, quarterback, and Sergeant Bluff is certainly a big time player. East is full of speed, and it's going to be a tough first game. It could be a track meet for the Helan Crusaders. And of course, we're going to play North this year as well, and they apparently have an improved offensive line. So there's going to be a lot for us to talk about, Brad. And then we'll come back uh, here in a few minutes as we take a break. Only a sign. 
Welcome back, everybody. Steve Ferguson here with Brad Moore, your co-host for Two Guys in a Conversation. This is going to be a fun section of our show. We get to talk about topics that we like. It's a, kind of a potpourri, if you will, and I think that will morph into a different name as we talked about. But uh, uh, we get to challenge ourselves with sports topics that we like to sit around our homes and talk about, get a kind of bring some highlights of past and present athletes and where they're at and what they're doing and uh, some sports highlights that we both per, uh, personally have enjoyed over the last few years. So we'll have that as a little bit of a segment and uh, we're going to have fun in this section talking about different topics in sports. Brad, I've got a couple of uh, uh, shout outs and, and uh, athletes that I've run into recently that I'd like to share with you and kind of a, where is he now? Here's one for the Briarcliff uh uh, fan base, Poncho Baker, former uh, Briarcliff basketball player from Spirit Lake High School back in the uh, early 80s. He was a teammate of mine at Spirit Lake High. We just uh, celebrated our 40th class, high school class reunion. He was part of that uh, Ray Nacky era, an all-stater, uh, fantastic uh, high school player and great college player at Briarcliff. He's now the CEO and general counsel of a trucking firm in Fresno, California. He's got three children, been married 30 years to his wife, Karim. And uh, great to see Poncho doing well for all you Briarcliff fans. I got a shout out to Brad, my nephew, Jack Welding, uh, who your son uh, uh, Ryan knows well. Uh, Jack, uh, his parents now live in Dakota Dunes. Jack is a fourth year senior now at Maryland Lacrosse and uh, he's been a four year regular and starter entering season uh, senior year and then uh, fun to uh, see Jack back here recently and wish him well as as Maryland tries to get back to the national championship uh, again this year. Another where is he now, Brandon Wager, former Bishop Healy standout, Iowa star and, and Morningside All-American and former NFL player for the Carolina Panthers is back in Siouxland working with his dad, Rick at Brown Wagger Construction. Great to, great story, Brandon, and hope we'll get him on our, our show one of these times to talk about an outstanding journey for that young man uh, and where he uh, has gone. And got a little bit of a uh, tidbit on uh, Jacob Noel, uh, former uh, Bishop Hewlett standout from the 2016 class, playing Division II football at Northwest Missouri State, has announced he's transferring to Morningside uh, wants to come back home, finish his career, and play for Coach Steve Ryan uh, for the nationally acclaimed Morningside Mustangs. And what a great get that is for Morningside. Jake Knowles, such a great kid. I believe he's engaged now, too. He is engaged. Yeah, and I think uh, so. that, maybe that had a little something to it, Brad. So uh, good to hear that uh, he's coming back home. And, you know, one more little uh, where is he now? Trenton Solzma, former outstanding uh, quarterback, record-setting quarterback at uh, Morningside and Bishop Heelan All-Stater, uh, is coaching football in Houston at Waltrip High School, and he's the running backs coach for the high school program. That's quite a leap, Brad, from, high, from college player to Texas high school football coach. So uh, wishing Trenton the best. Yeah, Trenton's the type of kid that needs to be coaching. Yeah, he'll be a good one. Such a solid, solid kid. Such a good role model. Yeah, he was a special player and a special kid. That was a, a treat to watch him last year playing at Morningside and, and taking him to the national championship. Brad, tell me what one of your best highlights then the last, let's say the modern era, the last 20 years as I laugh about and say that, but what are your, one of your favorite highlights of Superman sports in the last 20 years? You know, I, so I moved back to the Sioux City area in about 94 
uh, I started to follow, uh, my, my wife was a, an alum of South Sioux City High School, so we started to watch Kelly Flynn and his great basketball teams. Uh, we went to every state tournament for about uh, 10, 11 years in a row. Um, so there was a lot of memories there, some unbelievable moments uh, in that state tournament. Uh, I believe it was April Sailors, potentially. Uh, I may have that wrong, but I think it was April. They hit a deep three-pointer when it looked like they were not going to repeat as a state championship uh, or state champion. That, that was uh, an incredible moment. And then, um, you know, I have some from, from my own experiences when I was coaching at Helan, uh, the Michelle Lund and Carly Tritz era of uh, girls basketball. Very memorable um, moments there. I remember one specifically where Helan um, had trouble getting over uh, beating Sioux City North, and North had one state, and North had some great teams. And there was one specific game where Michelle Lund made a deep three late in the game. We went on to win that game, and you know I think that changed the season. That one shot got us over the hump. Uh, Gave the girls confidence, and so there, there are just little key moments that might not stand out to, to everyone, but they, they were uh, game changers and season changers, and I'm sure that if we think and if we get some input from our listeners, um, we could probably come up with a hundred of those. Well, it's going to be fun for each one of uh, each one of us to pick those moments. I'm going to pick a moment, Dylan Grimsley's senior year district final over at East, I believe, and they're playing uh, MOC. And uh, Dylan had 20 points in the first half, had three or four dunks, got called for two technicals, hanging on the rim because he was jamming over players. One of them maybe was legit. He might have hung a little long. The other one, the guy was right underneath him. It was kind of a controversial call. But Dylan brought a certain level of excitement to high school basketball because of the unknown of what he might do. He could block a shot, hit a three, get a dunk. To me, he was like a Dr. J type player. I always loved Dr. J growing up. And Dylan always was exciting for me to watch. And that's one of the moments that I just think about sometimes, how excited I was as a fan watching him play. As we move into this last part of our potpourri, the first, uh, our first show here, Brad, I've got a question for you that I think we're going to follow up with in, on the future. You've got about a minute or so just to get me started. What's the recipe and makeup of a championship high school team? You know, that's a great question. I'm going to go back to my own experience uh, from the uh, girls' state championship team at, team at Helan. I think what really uh, made that championship team is not only great players and great athletes, which of course is a given, every team has to have great athletes to be a championship caliber team, but those girls specifically all knew their role. There, there was, uh, um, they were all unselfish. They knew who the scorers were in every situation. They, they knew that if their job was to play defense, um, if their job was to come off the bench, everyone knew their role. Um, the girls got along, and, and it was just great team cohesiveness, and, and that's what really stands out to me. Well, this is a topic, Brad, that uh, we'll revisit over the next few shows, and, and uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think championship teams start with bloodlines. It starts with talent, but it takes a certain type of cohesiveness, and it starts at a young age of young kids wanting to be motivated. They want to be the next Michelle Lund, they want to be the next Nate Funk. They, you know, if you're talking basketball, if they want to be the next Pat Grace or Carter Black, you got to have that internal desire. And then as they get older, molding those uh, desires into team chemistry and, and the focus becomes winning. And I think uh, this is going to be a fun topic for us. We're going to take a break. And we'll be back soon.
Welcome back, everybody. We're in our third and final segment of Two Guys in a Conversation. We're excited you have joined us for our first show. Brad and I are going to have a lot of fun. Uh, we might be the only two people listening to it, but uh, uh, we're sure going to have a good time talking about sports and spending time together for 30 minutes. And as I said, in our crazy lives, we don't get to do that very often, so uh, this is a very fun activity. Brad, this is College Sports Roundup. And uh, College Sports Roundup is going to focus on Briarcliff, Morningside, and as we call it, the big three. There could be some argument out there from our listeners. We get that Iowa State, Iowa, and Nebraska. No better source for Nebraska sports than you. I kind of like the Hawkeyes. And we're going to get some Cyclone secrets from uh, Chad Welding and, and his uh, son, Cody, who happens to be my uh, nephew. And Chad's a former Siouxland athlete of the year and cycle, former Cyclone player. So it's going to be fun getting some insights there. Um, I'm going to open this up, talk a little bit about Morningside, Brad. And as you know, uh, Morningside had two former Bishop Peel and standouts leading them to the national championship last year. Uh, you know, Trent Solzman and uh, Colin Niles. I don't think you can ever replace a, a duo like that. But going into the season, Morningside is preseason ranked number one by NAIA and the American uh, uh, College Football Association. So uh, tradition is still strong there at Morningside. So uh, what do you think, Brad? Can they repeat? Well, it's certainly going to be hard to replace Connor Niles and Trenton Salzma. That's a lot of your offense that's gone. But Morningside seems to do it every year. Uh, they seem to reload. Looks like uh, this year is going to be an, another successful year. Um, a lot of high expectations. And, you know, I not, nothing surprises me from Morningside anymore. I mean, they, they get great athletes and they're well coached. And, and they're very successful. They play in a very tough conference. So um, it, it's going to be fun to watch them again this year. Coach Ryan, Steve Ryan, National Coach of the Year, is excited about his team coming back as he's got seven starters on defects, but led by uh, twin linebackers, Jacob and Joel Kotzer. Um, and uh, they're all GPAC first-team performers. Uh, Joel was the co-defensive player of the year in the GPAC and Oliver Mention All-American. The other outside linebackers, Chase Nelson, also received GPAC honors. And that trio together uh, is arguably going to be one of the best linebacking cores in the NAI uh, this season. Their defensive line is going to be led by Honorable Mention All-American Seth Matlin and Nicholas Gustav from Hamburg, Germany. Both all GPAC performers. The defensive backfield is uh, going to be anchored by Clayton Nordeen and Dion Claiborne from Sioux City North, uh, combining for seven interceptions, and both, again, were all-league honorees. Brad, replacing a quarterback and receiving combination that was such a prolific, uh, prolific uh, 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 tandem, I mean, almost unseen ever in the history of college uh, football. Can you win with defense at the NAI level? Oh, for sure, for sure. And I think Coach Ryan would tell you that. Um, you know, you might have to go a little bit more towards the Iowa philosophy of play strong defense and not turn the ball over, not make mistakes, and you can win like that. But I have a feeling that Coach Ryan has got some skilled players uh, ready to step up, and it's next man up. And I think that they'll be more prolific on offense than we probably think right now. There's going to be some good updates on Morningside as season progresses. There's a little, con con not controversy, but a little derby going on for quarterback there, and um, Addison Ross Sr. Uh, started H-back last year along with uh, uh, incumbent, or excuse me, Casey Keaton, an emerging sophomore quarterback. And there's a uh, freshman 
Tate Rosard from Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's a name to watch in the future for Morningside. Briarcliff, six and five last year, Brad. First winning season in the history uh, for Coach Dennis Wagner, who is now in his third year. And uh, they're uh, fifth, uh, they were preseason GPAC fifth by the coaches, so earning some respect there. Yeah, definitely. They've moved up to where they're picked now to finish middle of the pack or higher in both coaches and riders' polls. Um, first winning season, as you mentioned, that was a, a huge accomplishment for Briarcliff, something that they can build some momentum off of. And I would expect them to have another strong year. You know, they're predicted to do very well, and they do have a, a very tough schedule. They're in a tough conference, but uh, Coach Wagner used to coach at Wayne State. I'm a Wayne State alum, and, and he wins. Where he goes, he wins. So they'll be well coached, and they'll be a very tough team. Preston Mulligan, what a great name. Freshman quarterback being handed the reins at Briarcliff this year out of Harlan, Iowa. He only played one year at Harlan, but threw for 26, 2,676 yards, 30 TDs, and only six INTs at Harlan. 6'2", 195. He's got a college body, had other offers from Southwest Minnesota State, Iowa Western, and Iowa Central. And the reason he chose the cliff, he said, is because they cared more. They really paid a lot of attention to him and, and gave him the opportunity to come in and compete right away. So it's going to be interesting to see how our freshman steps up in the GFAC this year for Briarcliff. I tell you, another successful uh, year for Briarcliff could really change the recruiting landscape. So it's a, it's a key year for them. Yeah. Well, the cliff is on the rise, and uh, it'll be fun to watch them this year. Let's move into our big three. Um, we're going to get focused a little bit on, on Iowa State, Nebraska, and Iowa primarily on football updates uh, right now. And Iowa State, uh, Matt Campbell's fourth year, AP preseason 21. Brock Purdy listed as one of the top college uh, quarterbacks in the United States this year. Offensive line all returning. Two four-star running backs loaded with defense. Uh, Iowa State is moving up in the Big 12, and no one can sleep on them, Brad. Yeah, they're a fun team to watch. You know, Matt Campbell's a great coach. And the, uh, the rumor has it that uh, if Iowa and Iowa State are undefeated when that game rolls around, that we could see college game day. September 14th. Yeah, it'll be exciting. Well, before we get into the, the real you know, part of the show that you want to talk about, the uh, Cornhuskers, let's give you a little update on Iowa. And uh, Iowa's got uh, uh, two key players um, uh, to talk about. A.J. Epineza, uh, the all-everything defensive end, the preseason first-team All-American by almost everybody, picked to be a possible top 10 uh, uh, NFL uh, player next year, and he, he'll anchor the defensive defensive end and give uh, Phil Parker the opportunity to create a lot of pressure, uh, which is important when you have to replace a couple of defensive backs. And on the op uh, offense side, Nate Stanley, third-year quarterback, and unfortunately, Nathan has got all of the tools, but has been defined by maybe six, seven plays which have kind of been the critical plays of, of games won or lost. And, of course, in the Iowa way, it comes down to one or two plays a game. So if Nathan can sort of uh, get that consistency, I think there can be some really good things for the Hawkeye this, uh, this year, uh, and that's going to be probably the key to their success. Brad, tell me, is Nebraska ready to be back in the spotlight? Yeah, I'm always bullish on the Huskers, as you know, but uh, time will tell. I, I, uh, I think we'll know early in the season. I am very optimistic about their offense and offensive and defensive lines. Uh, the strength and conditioning program uh, has really made a big difference. I saw a picture the other day of the defensive line of 2019 versus the defensive line of 2018, 
and you can see the difference. Uh, the way program is paying dividends. So I think it starts and ends with the uh, with the lines. We all know that they've got some skilled players. Uh, they've got a tremendous quarterback in Martinez. Uh, I think he'll be one of the best in the country. We saw him uh, make great strides towards the end of the year last year. Uh, they're going to have some uh, weapons at running back and at receiver. So it all comes down to the offensive and defensive line. So I'm optimistic, but uh, we will have to see how they hold up to the Big Ten. Well, believe but believe you, uh, sports fans, or believe us, sports fans out there, there's going to be a whole lot more from Brad on uh, on the Huskers as we uh, have in our upcoming shows. We want to thank you, uh, and, and both Brad and I thank our listeners and the opportunity for this. This is going to be a lot of fun, and this was our very first two guys in a conversation. We had to start somewhere. We're off and running, and a uh, great thank you to our sponsors and advertisers for the show, Catholic Radio, uh, the Catholic Radio Board in 88.1. And hopefully we'll, uh, we won't get canceled after the first couple of weeks, Brad, and we get to do this for a while. But uh, we look forward to doing this every week and sharing insights and sports topics with you. Uh, we'll talk to you soon and see you again next week. Two guys in a conversation, Steve Ferguson and Brad Moore signing off.